Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Hey, we're coming up with another part of this series. This is going to be exciting. I'm going to be talking about accountability, which is huge. And I'm going to be talking about some other characteristics of individuals who distinguish themselves, like time management, things that we've heard about before, but just reinforcing this. This is not just industry-specific revelation. This is right in the Bible. And if you can manage your time, you can manage your life. But if you cannot manage your time, you cannot manage anything else. And so we're going to talk to you. We're going to be downloading some amazing revelation in this series. We want those of you that are in leadership position, decision-making position, CEOs, owners of business to really listen up. And at the end of this, I'm going to make you an offer that you should not and cannot resist. So God bless you. Take your notepads out and really take copious notes because it's going to be the difference between you remaining amongst the clutter of the common and you ascending into new places of influence and affluence in the days to come. After all, God calls you the head and not the tail, first and not last, above only and not beneath. Well, take out your notepads and let's get started. All right, then we are making it through this teaching. We are on number seven. These are characteristics that you are definitely going to want to make sure that you employ in your life, that you ask God, give these to me as tools that I use and show me how to use it. And one of the biggest tools is accountability. Here's my question to you. What happens when you remove accountability from a person's life? Well, if you have no one to hold you accountable for developing and for um, being able to figure out who you are, where you're going, once the accountability is taken from out of your life, you never truly maximize your potential. So that accountability is so important. My question, my second question is, Who do you open yourself to? Who do you submit to to hold you accountable for developing and um, for being the face of your own personal brand, for maximizing your potential, for articulating and manifesting your purpose, for articulating and manifesting your dreams and your vision and, and, and being the best version of yourself? Who do you open yourself to? And if you don't haven't opened yourself to anyone, um, this one is going to be important. And um, this is one of the areas um, that I think shaped my life because, firstly, my mother was the first person that held me accountable. And then I had a series of other people, when I look back, a series of other people that held me ac- accountable. And the, the uh, standard was very, very high. And uh, some of them absolutely loved me, and some of them were absolutely harsh on me. And I used to wonder why my mother would always ask me to do certain things. And I had six other siblings um, that she could have asked. And I, I, think, um, I think it was prophetic with my mother. Um, because of where I was going. Not that she had a complete picture. She used to say, oh, Cindy, you were the different child. You were different from your other sibling. And then I felt like I didn't need that much supervision because I was self-supervised, you know. I held myself to a very high standard. 
And um, I felt like I was a woman. I felt like I was a woman since the age of eight. In fact, I told my mother at 12, I'm a woman. And from 12 years old, I was financially responsible for myself from the age of 12. But what she instilled in me had to do with accountability, because with accountability, you can't have accountability without um, uh, offering either um, uh, trinkets for accomplishing uh, uh, goals and objectives and um, consequences. So, you know, with accountability, there always has to be consequences uh, for you not maximizing your potential, fulfilling um, a specific assignment that's given to you. You have to have that reward. You have to have rewards and consequences in order for you to have the accountability mechanism. Now, the consequential, the consequence part is not always the easiest part, but when, when, when someone... I think if someone says they love you and they know that you can give more and do more and uh, they don't hold you accountable for maximizing your potential, they don't really love you, love you, love you, love you like like they can. Um, but I think this accountability is huge. I think those that are next, you need to uh, submit to somebody and open yourself up to someone who holds you accountable, holds you accountable for what you're saying, holds you accountable for your personal brand. You want to make sure that you're always on brand and you want to make sure that you have someone that can speak into your life that doesn't need your love. See, a lot of people um, who are we have in our lives as uh, for accountability, they need you to think well of them and they need your love and they need your ad admiration. But what you need is people who already have people that admire them and love them, but they're really interested in your destiny to the point that they would risk being misunderstood or even you not liking them. Even you, you being frustrated, not wanting to be around them. And I think of my mother all the time. You know, when I was a teenager and my mother used to say no, and I used to think, oh, my God, you know, when I woke up in the morning, mom is still conscious. And now I've got this this um, mechanism that is holding me accountable. You know, be home, be home on time. Here's your time. I'm not, you know. And she used to say, look, Cindy, 12 o'clock, be home. She never she went to sleep and she was a light sleeper. If I came one minute past 12, there was a consequence. Why? And she used to say, look. I didn't, I didn't want this consequence for you. You wanted the consequence for you. If you didn't want this consequence, you wouldn't have done so and so. So people, I think my mother had an understanding of this child that she was at birth was different and this child was a special child, I'm assuming. And um, a lot of things that she required of me, I don't think she necessarily required of my siblings, I don't remember. But again, that is just my vantage point, And I only have a, my own vantage, vantage point. And you have to ask my siblings, uh, how did they feel? But I think when it comes to you developing character and living authentically and you de developing uh, values that are internalized, um, you have to be held accountable for everything that you say and everything that you do. And this is why for some people... Uh, when it comes to their job, they should be fired. 
because you're going to learn the value of accountability. You've got to learn your lessons. You know, you lost money, you wasted your time, you're fired. It gives you a, 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 an opportunity to go back, to look at your core values, to look at your work ethics, and not feel as if someone is against you or someone doesn't like you. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the mechanism that God puts in place so that when you arrive at a point where you're leading, those values now are internalized. They become a part of you. You know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. All of those things are a part of you. And one of the things that I will encourage everyone to do is something that I did specifically, invest in a mentor, invest in a coach. And, you know, I've had so many coaches over the years. We have a coaching program. Those of you that are professionals and those of you that want personal and, and professional accountability, I think it's one of the best programs in the world um, and it's worth, worth the investment. And usually accountability, um, it, you, you have to feel you have to feel something if you are not um, doing what you say you're going to do. And you want to hold yourself accountable for that. The next thing, number eight, is self-mastery. After accountability, there is self-mastery that is necessary. Let me go back. Let me scale back one more time about accountability. And you see that story. I want to give you a story, a Bible story, so that you can really understand this with Saul and Samuel. Saul was given an instruction from Samuel, do not sacrifice anything until I show up. And so uh, Samuel was a couple of days late and it's really, it was really to expose areas of weakness in Saul's life, but he didn't take it that way. And so when he came now, he's trying to justify and rationalize why he, um, you know, sacrificed before uh, Samuel, the person that he was accountable to, showed up. He was saying, he was saying the people and the pressure, and you don't know the pressure that was under, and all I did was set, you know, um, all I did was sacrifice. And um, that wasn't the issue. The issue was um, really understanding what God was doing, was placing the, um, this, this mentor, his spiritual mentor, so that the mentor can hold a mirror up to him on areas of weaknesses that could potentially compromise his future. And going back to the accountability, and I wanted to circle back, it's, it's not about a person exposing your weakness. It's a person that is saying to you, hey, you can work on this. And if a person really believes in you, they've already seen your, you in your finished state. They've already seen you 20 years from now, 40 years from now, 30 years from now, what God is going to do with you. They've already seen that. And what God does is give you an opportunity just to make some adjustments in areas that has the potential to sabotage you in your future, especially as it relates to living authentically, having integrity and credibility. So I just wanted to, you know, go back and go around the uh, band one more time for you to really get the accountability and having someone in your life. And I have uh, lots of people that have given me that permission and if I point out something, uh, they know that um, with my sincerity, I'm not the type of person that's trying to gather information from anyone. I'm not a details person. I, you know, I'm not, I don't care about that. I do care about your future and I care enough to take my time to invest 
in you. So a person that is holding you accountable is actually using up the precious commodity of time to help you. And if people like that is in your life, and I want to encourage some of you, some of you need to go back to your parents that held you accountable, didn't let you go, and to go out with your friends and uh, really made sure that you show up, showed up in church, um, you need to go back to your parents and say thank you. Because that's an accountability that a lot of talented people don't have. And um, because of that, where they could be in their industry, in their profession, they're not there. So what happens if you remove the accountability factor from out of the equation of your life development and the development of your gift? You fail to reach your fullest potential. So you need people to hold you accountable. The next thing is self-mastery. These, these people that are gifted and talent, talented, um, they arise and they distinguish themselves as the best and the brightest. And sometimes they may not be the most gifted. That's important to understand because there are other people that are more gifted, but yet uh, they don't ascend into the realm of their potentiality because of a lack of self-mastery. And we'll, we'll do some more in the area of self-mastery, but 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 says, know you not that they that run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as to, not as uncertainty, so I fight, I, I so fight I, not as one that beareth the, beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. That's 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. That's self-mastery. That's self-discipline. And I was thinking about the 1% theory. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at GlobalPropheticCenter.com. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. 
If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. of success and prosperity. And that theory comes to mind. So when it comes to boiling water, one extra degree makes all the difference. Just one degree can change hot water into steam and with steam can can power a locomotive and generate electrical power to light up an entire city. So when you think about that 1%, the average margin of victory for the last 25 years in, in, in all major golf tournaments combined was less than three strokes. Think about this, the margin for victory between Olympic gold medals and no medal at all is extremely small and usually less than a minute and a fraction of an inch, a less than a mile, less than a point. In 20, 2004, in the man's 800 mile um, race, the margin of victory was 0.71 seconds, not even a minute. So this 1% theory makes all the difference. And if you think about it, the difference between a monkey and a man is 0.1 or 1.23 difference in the chromosomes. So that 1% theory, and I want you to have self-mastery. I want you to push. You know, your next push can prove that your dreams are just a fraction of a second away. Don't give up. Don't give in. Master yourself. You know, you've got to be able to keep moving. You've got to understand that it, it's just a fraction. And when you read the story of uh, in John chapter 5, 5 to 9, the man that had infirmities for 38 years, all Jesus said to him was, pick up your bed and walk. That's engage yourself in 1% more. He just said, pick your bed up. And in just picking up the bed, he was able to walk out. And a lot of things we are looking for, I learned this just from reading that, is, is, is not, uh, your miracle is not always in the city. Sometimes your miracle is leaving the city. Sometimes we want to stay in a season. We want to stay in a relationship. We want to stay, but sometimes your miracle is not in the place. Sometimes it's leaving that place. And so for some of you, God is encouraging you to leave. I left success. Um, and I left Bermuda. <clears throat> I left influence and God told me, uh, to go to the United States of America. I immigrated here. I'm a triple minority. I'm a female. I'm an immigrant, you know, and I'm, and, and, and um, I'm a female immigrant and I'm a black. And so, you know, a, a triple minority coming to a new country. But, but look what God did for me. I mean, you know, I probably uh, would have been the first black female uh, premier of my nation um, because I was being groomed to be. And all of that is good. But having left um, and not being, um, you know, I'm looking at everybody else. 
Um, the world might not have known me. I might not have been an author. I might not have, you know, uh, started Trim Global Charities. There's a lot that I might not have done had I not left. And a lot of times, you know, God is speaking to some of you. Leave your city. Leave your country. Leave what is familiar. Is that 1% and the 1% is just making up your mind to do it. You know, leave your country. Well, how am I going to live? You know, that would have been the question that Abraham asked. Sometimes, you know, we end up in industries and we think that our profession is always going to be in that industry. I know um, lawyers that end up being ballerinas because they felt the prompting of the Lord. I know um, doctors who end up being uh, daycare owners. They own a daycare for children. And so, you know, you want to make sure that 1%, that 1%. So let me ask you a question. What is that one thing you can do daily that can make a world of a difference as well as completely revolutionize how you live your life? What is that one thing? Some Paul said, this one thing that I do. And what is that one thing that you could do? It's just that 1%. The next thing uh, that I want to talk about, that next characteristic, is time management. Big, big, big consideration. And I could take all day, and I think that I'm going to take some time to uh, treat this particular characteristic all by itself. And so when we talk about time management, technically speaking, you can't manage time, but you can manage your activities according to time frames. But for all intents and purposes, let's just call it time management. Um, The psalmist wrote, teach me to number my days that I can apply my heart to wisdom. So time is heaven's commodity and earth currency, and you've got to treat it as such. And so when you manage activities according to time frame, my first question is, do you have a vision for your life? My second one is, do you have a goal? And thirdly, how are you managing your time? How are you investing your time? Are you investing it in such a way that you have an ROI? Esther chapter 2, 12 to 7 talks about, you know, Esther's time. And when Esther's uh, turn came, uh, you know, she was chosen. And then her uncle, later on in, in the book of Esther, her uncle said, look, you know, this is the reason why you were born And if you decide that this is not something that you want to do, then your substitute has has already been ordered. Um, And then she was able to say, you know, uh, he was able to say, you've come for such a time as this. So everything is about timing, timing, timing. And there's a scripture, Psalm 102, verse 13. I love this scripture. It says, thou shall arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time has come. Everything in life has a set time. Ecclesiastes says there's a time and a season for everything under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die. So there's a time for purpose. There's a time and there's a season for everything under the heavens. And so timing, timing, S, the set time has come. So when we talk about the set time, we're talking about the most fortuitous moment for an event, an experience, or an opportunity to happen, the most fortuitous. And sometimes if you miss a divine timetable, you miss everything that is attached to that, every opportunity, every relationship. 
And the problem with most people is this, that they can't even regret it because they didn't even know that it was attached to it. So what you don't know, you just don't know. And a lot of people have missed a lot of opportunities. And I tell you how serious it is. Um, you know, I, I travel a lot. I travel a lot for a living. And um, one of the drivers in a foreign country was late picking us up. And they were slow about it. They were just dragging their feet. And I had to tell them, you know, you have to, I have an airplane to catch. When we got there, they checked us in and they said, ma'am, you're going to be late for your flight. I said, check us in anyway. We went to running and running and running. The door was still open, but you know how the computers run and they're printing off the manifesto and getting ready to close the door and a red coat was there. I guess they were having a bad day. They could have checked us in, but they said, you're late. Why are you late? And um, we, we told them why. The doors were in even close. Then they said, well, go, go ahead down. But because the manifesto had run, we get to the gate. I was right to the gate, looking inside of the airplane. And they said, we can't allow you on. Yes, they could, but they didn't. And I watched this airplane leave me. And what I don't want for you is that you miss divine timetables for doing something, for being somewhere, for engineering something, for creating something, because you have wasted your time. You've wasted your time sitting on other people's timeline. You've wasted your time entertaining people that have nothing to do. They're not on the same journey. You've wasted your time. And once time is spent, you cannot get it back. And so this time management is, is, is important, the most fortuitous moment for an event and experience and an opportunity to happen. So doing nothing with your time is atrophy and death. Doing the wrong thing at the wrong time is ignorance. Doing the wrong thing at the right time is a disaster. Doing the right thing at the wrong time is a mistake. Doing the wrong thing at the wrong time with the wrong people is failure. And this is what happened with David and Bathsheba. It was the divine timetable for David to battle. But he went pursuing uh, Bathsheba and he missed the divine timetable and his life spiraled out of control and he never regained that momentum, never. And he had to deal with the entire fallout for the rest of his life. Doing the right thing at the right time with the wrong people is frustration. You're doing the right thing, it's the right time, but you got the wrong people, it's pure frustration. Doing the wrong thing at the right time with the right people is confusion. The wrong thing with the right people at the right time is confusion. But, do, but doing the right thing at the right time with the right people is strategic and guarantees you success. So that whole idea of timing is important and I can't overemphasize that enough. Now, here's the caveat. How many of you have missed a divine timetable? I'm going to release something in your life, Joel 2.25. The Bible says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which is sent among you. I'm decreeing that you're coming into a season of do-over. What you missed last season, I decree that you're going to have a second chance. God is the God of second chance. So I'm decreeing you're going to have second chance. The next thing that is characterized or characteristics of people who are change agents, agents of change, game changers, history makers, is that they have vision. They work from vision. 
And I have a whole book dedicated to that, Hello Tomorrow. So I want to encourage you to pick up the copy of the book. And you can read the book in uh, 12 days if you're a fast reader, just a day at a time. And you can read the book in um, uh, uh, a month if you're a slow reader, or even two months. But get that book. Get that book. Order it right now. It'll bless your life. The next thing is after vision, what grows out of vision is strategy. What grows out of strategy is goals. So the next thing you will find out that you, they, 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 they had strategy. They were strategic in their thinking. They had a strategic plan. And when you think about scriptures, you know, God gave Esther a strategy um, that protected her and her people from ethnic cleansing. Moses was given a strategy uh, to deliver the people and his people from Pharaoh. Elijah was given a a strategy to heal a water supply, um, and that was Elisha. Elijah was given a strategy to deliver um, an entire nation from a satanic stronghold. David was given a a strategy to defeat this terrorist that was a huge terrorist, um, used terrorist attack David. Daniel was given a strategy where he can um, really... um, rise to the top of the level, experience political success in Babylon. And he was an immigrant as well. He was a victim of um, human trafficking, but God gave him a strategy. Uh, Mandela had a strategy. Gandhi had a strategy. Martin Luther King had had a strategy. And you're going to find out everything rises and falls on a strategy. But if you don't have a vision, you're not going to have the most effective strategy and you're not going to have the most effective goals. So out of vision grows the strategy, out of strategy grows your goals and you manage your time through goals. Thank you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.